Hi. Hello. I'm Evan. I'm Addie. And you are listening to the Speaking English podcast, the place to be for anyone who says who wants to watch more movies or read more books and doesn't know where to start. We're talking, we're tackling the books today in book club number 15. Yay. Uh, and this is episode 104 in book club 15. Joining us is uh, our third member of the book club, Aubrey. Welcome. Hello. And uh, we read Smoke Gets in Your Eyes and Other Lessons from the Crematory by Caitlin Doughty. Doughty. Yeah, Doughty. 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 <laughs> I don't know for sure. <laughs> and uh, here we are to talk about it. Yay. Uh, in another book club episode, before we get into that, uh, how has your guys' weeks been? My week has been very long and hard and busy. It's like the first week back from spring break and I just, it was so hard. There was so much to do, but my weekend has been mostly really good because I spent a lot of time in Denver. I saw Evan, which was so much fun. And we went to a concert and we went to Meow Wolf and we had a wonderful time. We had McDonald's in Evan's car. Yes. It was very fun. And I stayed the night in Denver that night and spent all of Saturday there. And I saw a comedy show last night that was really, really fun and funny. So my, my like very fun filled weekend has made up for my very hard week, but now I'm back on the grind today doing my homework. <laughs> there you have it. There you have this it. week was my spring break, but it followed a similar trajectory because I was working most of it and I took the weekend off and I have also been doing all sorts of fun stuff. I got to go to Krispy Kreme Donut. I love Krispy Kreme. One of my favorites. It's been, I haven't had it since I've been back from Prague. So that was, it was a cool, cool one. And then Friday, yeah, we went to the concert, first concert back for, at least for me Mm -hmm. um, since COVID. So that was a blast as well. And then I got to go hang out with my parents and sister yesterday. Oh, nice. Out in Netherland. I had oh, never been. Awesome. Did you see the the house that Sarah Sarah's living in right now? I did. Yeah. Hey, cool. We had a good dinner there. I really. Uh, yeah, it was awesome. That's awesome. It was quite fancy too. Mm-hmm. Um. So that's what I've been up to. Now I'm gonna back back at it. I dyed my hair today. That was fun. I wish I could see, but it, you can't really tell. Yeah. No. Just, really it just well, it looks it looks really dark, anyways. Um, which is the goal. It, it probably it looks black unless the light hits it. And then it's a nice dark purpley, which is, I don't know. I'm here for it. Um, I, yeah. the, the reasoning was that once I graduate, I don't know if my hair can be cool colors. I got to like grow up a little bit or something. <laughs> uh, so I wanted to, I wanted to have one last uh, like a fun thing for the, the home stretch of college. So I did this, um, on the last day of spring break i'm back to school tomorrow and uh so it'll be color different colored for the home stretch which i think is fun because i've done lots of fun different colors throughout college i gotta end on a good note very nice yeah how about you aubrey what have you been up to for your spring break it's kind of it's kind of funny that you guys went to meow wolf because um the first part of my spring break which was this week like Evan, because we go to the same college. Um, I went to Santa Fe and I saw the Meow the other Meow there, which oh, is nice. really fun. 
And I also ran around in Santa Fe um, doing all sorts of fun stuff. I like love Mexico. Santa Fe. It is a great place. That's awesome. Um, it's pretty much what we do every break is <laughs> my mom and I go to somewhere in New Mexico. Uh, and then I spent the last part of the week in the Springs um, with my dad, annoying him, you know, as one does. Classic. <laughs> Causing havoc. And then I drove up back to Boulder and now I've got to, I got to go back to school on Monday. But yeah. No breaks can last forever. Yeah. I've been to the Meow Wolf in Santa Fe. Addie hasn't. Yeah, I've only been to the Denver Meow Wolf. She's missing out. It is. It's really fun. It is really fun. I would really love to go. I definitely want to. I want to see the one. Um, I think it's in Las Vegas that's themed around a store, like a like a Walmart store. That's the one I really want to see. There's one in Las Vegas. Oh, yeah, I didn't. I haven't heard about that. There's. Cool. Another thing I did this week, I went to the thrift store and bought some clothes, including this shirt and tie, which I'm wearing uh, because of the Oscars are right now. And uh, to compensate for us not doing an Oscars episode this year like we did last year, I decided to to, to bring forth my best red carpet look. Um, you look great. I was considering of wearing this to the concert, and then I did. So I, mm-hmm. had, to, I had to pull it out for something. <laughs> Um, but yes, the Oscars are going on right now. And uh, next week in our mailbag little segment, we will talk about um, our reactions and stuff in the Oscars uh, cool. and stuff going on with that. But for now, since it's still early in the evening, do we have a best picture prediction from everyone? Oh, my God. I haven't even thought about it, to be honest. <laughs> my, I think my hope is power of the dog. I think that one has a really good shot. Okay, good. <laughs> um, I think I'll probably stick with Power of the Dog. All right. I have no idea. I was I meant to watch that one before the Oscars happened, and then I just didn't because I was it watching is other so stuff. Good. <laughs> but it's really I'll, so good. <laughs> I'll try to watch that sometime this week, especially if it wins. I'll. If I haven't seen whatever wins, I will try to watch it during the coming week and see if it lives up to the hype. I have a lingering feeling that Dune might win. Really? I I would, yeah, I would be kind of surprised <laughs> if Dune won. I would be surprised. I mean, even as a fan, it, it felt more like one of those movies that was made for people like me who are, who are deeply entrenched into Dune. Yeah. I mean, I would be, I would That's be psyched if think. that happened, but uh, I don't know. Something... I will be very mad and extremely surprised if Nightmare Alley wins. And <laughs> I cannot believe, I cannot believe it made it this far. <laughs> no, me neither. It was really not good. It makes I don't no think sense. it's going to win. I don't think so either, but I just can't even believe it's on the list at all. I see. Even though I haven't seen it, I'm also afraid if uh, Don't Look Up wins, I'll be really sad. Yeah, I would be. I think that one does have a shot. There's no way Nightmare Alley will, but I feel like that one has an outstanding shot. That may might. Win. I, I, I would be not. surprised if it won, but I would be surprised. Who really can tell these things? But yeah, I'm gonna say Dune to mix it up. I hope Drive My Car wins, but I really nice. doubt that it would. Even though Parasite like set the precedent of being a foreign movie. That yeah. Happened. 
and I just watched Drive My Car uh, this week, and I really liked it. But it's not; it doesn't have like it's not as accessible as Parasite is. It's mm. a really long, kind of slow movie, so I really doubt yeah. it. But for me, that's my favorite of the ones that I've seen of the nominees. So I haven't seen that one yet. I I still really like to. I'm just gonna go for the outside pick and say that Dune has a shot. That'll be mine. Okay. <laughs> Aubrey, what is your guess? Oh, I don't I'm I'm torn between Coda and Belfast. Mm. Those are like of those two, I I prefer Coda. I liked that more than I liked Belfast. It was just I Belfast was just I was not the right person for it, I think. <laughs> but I don't know. I was also watching CNN this morning and they were saying that it might be like King Richard. And I was, mm. I don't know enough. So yeah, I would, I would, I'm going to go with Coda. Cool. That's my final answer. All right. I'll wait to find out what it is. We'll see later tonight and we'll talk about it more um, next week. Yeah. Um, speaking of mailbag, we have a recommendation in our mailbag today. We do. We, we do. And we appreciate it. We do. Um, so Angel's Egg, if you haven't already done seen, I haven't seen this one, but I have heard about it and I looked it up before the episode and it is available, uh, to watch on YouTube for free. So I think we should tackle that one. I looked, I looked on it, added on Letterboxd. This is one, it's an anime, uh, by, uh, is his name? Momuro Oshi, the same guy who did Ghost in the Shell, which is one that I love. And, uh. Yeah, it's called Angel's Egg from 1985, so before Ghost in the Shell came out. And uh, I don't know what it's about, but I've seen lots of like images, screen grabs from it, and it seems pretty trippy. So I think for our next movie episode, we can watch that and uh, get some opinions on it. I don't think we've watched anything, uh, any anime since our big Miyazaki ranking. Yeah, yeah true. I don't think so, we have either. So I think that'll be fun. Thank you for the recommendation. Okay. I'm sure we'll have lots of fun stuff to talk about for that one. Yes. Is that mm-hmm. this new thing that we're doing where on my Instagram page, which is at speaking English pod with no spaces. Uh, I was a little late doing it this week, but uh, hopefully I'll be more consistent with it um, where we'll drop a little like post on the Instagram and you can either uh, put it like reply to the post or like message us and just like anything you want us to talk about or to, like any anything you want to say uh, about what we're doing and what we've talked about uh, and just like an open space for some more interaction. Uh, I think in the coming weeks we'll might try doing like asking you guys a question and then kind of reading the responses and responding to those. Um, I think it could be cool, but just stuff like that. So if you want to get in on that, I think we're primarily going to do that through our Instagram page going forward. So keep your eyes open for that. And now we can get into the book. Yeah. <laughs> I just wanted to plug that because it's it's a fun thing that I think is it's uh I don't know. If you if if you want to like interact with us, that's where to do it. And we welcome that a lot. Nice. All right. So the book we read for today is called Smoke Gets in Your Eyes and other lessons from the crematory. Addy, you picked this one for I us did. to read. Do you want to say something about it? Like what drew you to it? Sure. 
So Smoke Gets in Your Eyes is a memoir uh, from a woman who worked in a crematory and went through a mortuary school um, and kind of now runs a, I I don't know, maybe like a campaign almost (laughs) to like increase understanding of death in America and what happens to dead bodies and to sort of change our collective mindset about it and to uh, lead us in a healthier direction. And I, uh, it was recommended to me by two of my friends who read it recently, who just said that it was like extremely interesting and hard to put down and kind of leaves you with a lot to think about. And I really like a book that can do that. So <laughs> I requested that we all read it for the pod. And it really did that for me personally. I don't know about you guys, but I ended up really enjoying this one. I also really yes. enjoyed this one. Sweet. I, it was a good one. I mentioned on our ranking of our books that I didn't like the other nonfiction stuff we read didn't stick with me uh, a whole lot as far as like, um, I don't know, like being relevant to me, like later on down the line that I like, I just kind of moved on to the next thing. But I think this one really sticks with me more, probably because I'm a little of death obsessed as well. Some of the stuff that she, I'm not to the extent as of Miss Caitlin here, but uh, but the, some of the stuff that she was saying seemed uh, like I thought about this a lot before. <laughs> so yeah. it was really interesting. And I think, and I don't know if it's necessary, like it's not something that, that this book was better than the other nonfictions we read. It's just this one felt more uh, personal and um, like tied to my own experience and stuff. So I think mm. it's, uh, it's a really good read and I'm glad I read it. Nice. Aubrey, you liked it too? I did. I think it was um it was a really good insight into I guess the American way of death because I don't know, like none of this stuff my family does. Like we're we're hardcore cremate and get and I don't want to say dispose because <laughs> that's not the right word, but you know, pour it into a river. Um my family's Hindu and Buddhist so that's kind of what we do but it was definitely an interesting dive into the whole idea of embalming and and keeping things around and that little segue she did into kind of the history of you know this hasn't been around for ages and ages this was something that really started with the civil war and that has just had a huge impact even now I think it's fantastic Totally. Uh, yeah, I really loved this one. I felt similar, similarly to Evan, what you just said. Like, I felt like it kind of just personally resonated with me. I, I don't know. I'm a person who worries about this stuff a lot for some reason, um, and it was like weirdly kind of comforting to read this. And um, I, I don't know. I also just thought it was really cool how much she tied together, like just just sort of facts about the death process and what we do in America with dead bodies with kind of her personal experience and the way that she was thinking as she did this job and went through school and also like cultural philosophies and stuff about death and death practices. Like I just thought it was a really cool balance um, of, of all those different things. And I just ended up learning so, so much from it. It was kind of crazy. Yeah. I agree. It was super informative because like just the way that she structured her chapters, it always seemed to deal with something like some certain aspect of it. And like it, 
it it was maybe a little bit repetitive at times with like the chapter format, but mm-hmm. it was always something interesting. Actually, would like talk about uh, whatever it, the subject is, like in the context of different cultures and different things, and then tie it to like some of her own experiences. Mm-hmm. And I just thought it was like a really well balanced look. At, I really thought that too. Like the issues mm-hmm. that come up because it's it's like okay, here are examples that aren't necessarily like based on how like America does things, but really kind of multifaceted at like all these different cultures and how different peoples think about death mm-hmm. and then like applying that to her own experience and also her own life, you know, prior to working uh, yeah. in, in the death industry as they call mm-hmm. it, which I think I just love that term. I think it's, yeah, <laughs> that made me smile every time I read it. Yeah. <laughs> It is a very funny book, given yeah. you know, the fact that it's it's about death and dying. Yeah. But it, I, she's very funny. She is. I really kind of appreciated how just like lighthearted the tone was throughout this whole thing. And it was just so digestible and approachable, even though it's a subject that is really very scary to some <laughs> people, which was just so cool. She just did a phenomenal job with this. Yeah, I agree. It was quite digestible. I did get the willies once, though, when I was reading. Which part? It was the, the chapter on the embalmment, and they were talking about the process. I didn't know any of that stuff, and that weirded me out. I don't want to yeah. be embalmed when I die anymore. I Were you planning to be embalmed? I don't know. Point? I had never thought about it. Mm. But now I'm going to, like, I don't know. I don't want that. (laughs) It was so nasty. One of the things that one of just like the smaller things that she mentioned that really stood out to me was that they sometimes have to grind up bones, like with hands, like very manually, like mortar and pestle. And I know the her commentary on that about how a couple decades, centuries ago, women would be burned at the stake if somebody just thought that they might be grinding up bones in a mortar and pestle. And now she quite literally is paid to do that and it's like her it's her job and it would be illegal actually to not do that and i just thought that is so interesting that's just really such an interesting point yeah that that one was one of my favorite chapters yeah me too about like the witches and stuff Mm -hmm. i think the one part that really got to me was when they replaced the crematorium floor i don't know the technical term and then um, she was talking about like there were um things let's just say dripping out of the crematorium yeah. and I, I thought it was like I was laughing but I was like I should, probably should not be laughing but just the way that she told it with the chaos and it was mm-hmm. it's, it's almost funny when it's such a when we usually frame it as this really sad serious thing yeah, yeah she was I, really good with the descriptions of stuff you really could experience it like stuff. very vividly which was so interesting yeah i think that was like a technique that she used kind of throughout the book that really made it is what kind of like made it so uh digestible i really like that word they use uh because it's it's like it's she like talks about things frankly but the way that she deals with like her own gross out moments and like how she turns to humor instead of like the horror of it like Mm -hmm. kind of like laughing at this like thing that you'd be like really freaked out by otherwise Mm-hmm. Um, is like what to me kind of made it so interesting. Mm-hmm. 
Because like I, certain things that were just like so gross, and it's like I don't want to put myself. In I, I thought that there was kind of like a really cool contrast too that of um throughout the book she's talking about this all very like lightheartedly, and she's even like joking about it. But then every now and then she's she just kind of tells you like during this time I was experiencing crazy emotional highs and lows and everything seemed so much more meaningful to me. And I was very sensitive and it was just cool how much she talked about like just how this exposure to death every day was really kind of messing with her emotions and everything that she thought she knew. Definitely. I think it comes, there was that one really vulnerable moment where she was talking about how, um, I think she drove out to those redwoods in mm-hmm. California and she was talking about how she was thinking about like, you know, laying down there and, and ending her life. And it was, yeah. and it was kind of, it's, it's hard to read, but it's also kind of refreshing to hear somebody say like, this is how hard this affected me because oftentimes yeah. we kind of shy away from talking about things like suicide. And so it oh. was, nice to to hear it and then to have a little story of of realistic resilience like not just oh it's gonna get better but like yes it took some time but I ended up fine after this traumatic experience in the yeah industry I completely agree I really liked that she included that like very personal story because as she talked about that like her own kind of suicidal thoughts with just sort of the same like objective sort of bluntness as she talks about like the death of all these other people too and it just really kind of added to this like natural progression of the theme of like this it happens to us you know like these are things that are going to happen that we just we just really have to talk about and change the way that we perceive them and I don't I just really thought that that was a cool thing to include and I'm sure it was like hard for her to write but Mm. yeah yeah yeah, I really uh... like that you called it resilient that was I really agree I'm uh, all for her kind of main thesis about <laughs> we need to think we need to think and talk about death more because I think mm-hmm. hiding it away doesn't do anyone any good. And her there is like a specific section that she talked about. She went on a date with this guy who like wanted to be immortal or something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I think that way of thinking is I don't know. I just really loved her response to that because it it, it 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 is like the the way what makes life meaningful is that it's limited and i think mm-hmm. that's like pretty much accepted at everywhere but we don't necessarily always are thinking about that like mm-hmm. we don't always like consciously accept that and i think that's important for everyone to think about because and you know time keeps moving forward and it's like you know everything must come to an end just like spring break <laughs> um <laughs> So I just think that it's important to think about and like to, and I I really agree with her that for all the stuff that I learned about like what's going on currently in the death industry, um, I'm like, agree with her on what is wrong and what needs to be changed. Cause I think that's definitely. Yeah, me too. I, I completely agree with her. And I also really liked how much she kind of tied this like mission of hers now to this traumatic experience of her youth where she witnessed another kid die and how much that terrified and traumatized her and how she thinks that maybe that experience could have been different if she had been introduced to death in in like a different way, you know, if it was just more normalized to talk about and understand like right from the get go. And I, I thought that was really cool and probably very true. 
I was also surprised by um, how much of a of an industry wide resistance there kind of is to cremation as as an acceptable way of um, I I don't want to say getting rid of your body like you're dumping yeah. it, but getting processing your remains <laughs> processing your remains because she was talking about how in mortuary school there was that lecturer who is spreading questionable information about cremation and it, it was I didn't know that it was so widespread I that was like eye-opening for me too like I always kind of thought that you know your options are cremation or a funeral or whatever and like it the people who work in the death industry are like on board. We'll provide you with either of those options. And I didn't really realize that it's two separate things and that they're almost like competing or they're like not on the same page. Yes. Yeah. I had no idea. Yeah. I don't know if it, I don't think it's always two separate things just because the most recent like experience with death that I had is my uncle died uh, last year sometime mm-hmm. and they cremated him and we buried the ashes in the plot. Mm. Oh, interesting. I don't know how like common that is, but it was one of those deals. I don't know. I think there's just a bunch of different ways. And then the other thing is that in Prague, the movie that I made was about um, someone's dad dying. And in so uh, we did lots of research about how things work in the Czech Republic, at least. And it's pretty much 90, 95% cremation there. Um, so it's oh, like, wow. it's been interesting, like these little like experience that I've had um, in my own life that might not be as like to the T of what is being presented in this book, which makes Mm -hmm. it even more interesting that there's like so many different ways of doing stuff that none are really more or less uh, acceptable, I guess, uh, or like less acceptable than um, others. I was a specific, I was talking to someone else just in passing while I was reading this about the chapter where uh, the, the one tribe, they like eat the body after they die and I, it got me thinking like i don't know i mean i'm sure that's what the purpose of that chapter was it's like just thinking about our practices and like why they're deemed acceptable or unacceptable mm-hmm. um, because you know that compared to the embalming process they both are pretty questionable when you kind of look at the brass tacks of it i guess Totally. But like also the I, something that she kind of touched on a lot throughout the book was just the idea that like Americans in general, a lot of us want to be like very separated from the dead body as mm-hmm. soon as it dies. Like don't want to know what happens to it afterwards and just don't, like don't want to be there, don't want to see it, stuff like that. And that is like the absolute polar opposite of the tribe tradition where they it's like the highest respect and their moral obligation to eat the body. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they hate it. Like she talked about how they have, they like people who do that throw up throughout the entire process, but it, it, it's like not fun. None of it is enjoyable, but they truly feel like it is their like duty to show respect to that person. And it's just like crazy. The lengths that other cultures go to, to be respectful to the dead and the way that we as Americans, like, just don't have something like that even though there's multiple options like none of it is really that that sacred to us at all i wonder if it's like a split between like eastern and western ways of thinking because just like thinking on back on what my family is like my family is primarily from india and the middle east and i mean i remember like my grandmother being in, like insisting that we kept the 
body for um, of her husband when he died mm. at home for like quite a quite a while. Like she really didn't want to put him in in the van to the yeah. to the crematorium, and she really wanted to be involved. And and to her that was normal. Like the abnormal part to her was the fact that they like wouldn't let her in the van and that she couldn't yeah. come there. And yeah, it was, it's such a difference because I mean, with her, she was like, you know, ready to, um, at least in my family, there's a shroud and some other stuff involved Mm. and she was really ready and just kind of expecting like that was what would happen. And I remember these people looking at us, I was pretty young at the time, so I don't know how accurate this is, but I do remember the people looking at us like we were a little bit insane. Really? There's like an interesting short part in the book where she kind of touches on how misconstrued our perception of dead bodies are, like kind of what you're just saying that a lot of people nowadays think it's very abnormal to keep the dead body in your house for any amount of time. And like in the book, there were those people who thought that they would get sick if they were around the dead body, like at all. And Caitlin is like, that is just objectively incorrect. Like it's weird how widespread that idea has become. Cause it's just not true. And it used to be very normal and still is even very normal to like some cultures to keep the dead body around for a minute. And that misinformation that some people were providing saying that like it's illegal to keep the dead body in your yeah. for like more than three hours. And then she goes, That's completely false. That's yeah. So it's, interesting. It's weird. Yeah. And she even mentioned that it was like on the side of the funeral directors who were like urging them in that direction. Mm, yeah. Is, is crazy because I think even at the mortuary school they said something along those lines. And she was like, wait, what? Oh, what? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. A lot of this reminded me of the last, not in the moment, but like thinking about it now, I keep coming back to the last book you read for book club and the way that, um, that Garcia Marquez dealt with death in a hundred years mm-hmm. of solitude and the way that, mm-hmm. um, people stuck around. <laughs> even yeah, after really they, and, and that was more of like a literal manifestation, but I think that's an important concept, you know, that just because, they're not with us anymore just the idea of like um you know whether or not the spirit remains at least the memory does Mm. so i think i don't know there's i think there's a lot of like interesting interplay between the way it was thought of and 100 years of solitude and the way it's present death is presented um throughout this book uh just something to think about that i keep coming back to when you mentioned the shroud i just i recalled uh i think it was amaranta doing and undoing her own shroud and then eventually she just decided to finish it and then died (laughs) i don't know and there was also that um 100 years of solitude kind of hinges on at the very beginning there's um a cockfight and then doesn't doesn't somebody die and ursula keeps claiming that she can hear like the spirit or something and, and yeah. that's a part of why they it's a part of why they don't have cockfights and then it's yeah. also a part of why they go to Macondo, right move, yeah so interesting and then eventually They're- the guy that he killed finds them there and then the <laughs> i love that part where he just shows up and then him and jose Arcario are like friends even yeah. before he dies and then they're friends again after he dies too <laughs> <laughs> something like that just like really stuck out i think that I don't know. That influences like the way that I think about death too, because I think yeah. it's it's different 
um, like with family heritage, but we were, my folks are like influenced by kind of that, that, uh, that way of thinking about death, I guess. Mm. There's a lot of characters in a hundred years of solitude who kind of get old and almost just choose to die. Like just yeah. Yeah, be done. And I, Caitlin kind of like started a conversation about that a little bit towards the end of the book where she was talking about her own grandma um, and how her grandma lived for years, like basically with like out her mind, you know, like just her body was being kept alive. And she sort of talks about how that's, it's a little bit weird that we do that. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's pretty, pretty weird that we give so much medical attention to the elderly and we will not let them die because that would be immoral, but we don't give any sort of like care to them outside of that, outside of just keeping them alive. Yeah, uh, And I kind of almost wish that she had talked about that more, but I know that that's not necessarily her area of expertise, but that is like a really interesting, like kind of philosophical debate that I think that we as a country are probably going to have to pay more attention to coming up because her point about how there just is no geriatric care, like that it is so such an understaffed field is like very scarily true and we will like have to face that head on pretty soon mm. so i want more about that conversation <laughs> and i don't even know where to look for it really yeah well yeah and it's interesting i think one of the one of the big benefits of this book is that she just like throws out so much stuff and mm -hmm. focuses on like a lot of it but there's like so many like ideas and concepts that really get you thinking Mm -hmm. Even if she doesn't like what you just said, like even if she doesn't touch on it, like really kind of starts that ball rolling and like makes yeah. some kind of question things. Totally. But it also gets into kind of like what it means to honor somebody too. Mm -hmm. Like I think the way we think about it is like honoring somebody a lot means like keeping them alive. Like just what you were saying, Addy. Yeah. Whereas I wonder if sometimes it also means that like letting them go is a part of honoring them and loving them. Yeah. And then, I guess right. like what we do afterwards. Too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I do not know what the answer to that is, but especially like she mentions in this book, how before her grandma had that stroke question mark, I don't dramatic I brain injury. Know. I don't remember what I happened to her. Know. Yeah. Um, our grandma was like, I don't ever want to get to the point where you guys are just keeping me alive. And like, I'm not cognitively there. Like, don't let me get to that. And then they did anyway. Yeah. <laughs> they did do that to her because it feels disrespectful. It feels evil to just like let someone die when they could stay alive, you know, but mm -hmm. that's not what people really want. And I don't know. It's just we're I don't we're really going to have to figure that one out. <laughs> I don't think we're even close, though. Yeah. And I mean, it shows through, I just keep thinking back to this one guy who just doesn't want to, like, he's trying to find something that so that people don't have to die, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. which like, ah, I don't know. Cause that's, that's, I read, I don't remember what it was called, but there was a, a science fiction book I read that was like, there's a procedure that gets invented that allows that like stops you from aging and like demonstrates the repercussions of it. That's a future that I don't want to live in at all. <laughs> No, me neither. I kind of want to stick around for the whole, you know, I don't want to stick around for that long. <laughs> yeah, let the future generations deal with it, am I right? Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's their problem now. Yeah, that's not my problem. Exactly. <laughs> cool. Who's your favorite character from this book? 
<laughs> Caitlin. Besides Caitlin. <laughs> She's my favorite. Um, I like Chris. Him. He was my favorite. Chris is cool too. Yeah. I liked Mike, I think it was. I liked him. Yeah. Cool. Cool. I honestly think I'm gonna give this one a five out of five and put it on my favorite shelf, which is crazy in general because I don't do that many books, but super crazy because this will be only the second nonfiction that I've ever done that for. Mm. So wow. Wow. Very, very special. Thank you, Caitlin Dowdy. I love Dowdy. I might give it a five out of five as well. I don't know. Whoa. I never know what to do with the book. <laughs> I never know. <laughs> uh, but this one is, I'll probably return to it, I think. Because Me too. Just the way that she like talks about and addresses stuff. And this is like a good one to recommend because it really is like, let's, let's get, it gets the ball rolling for like conversations between anyone, I think. Yeah. I told, I think that this is like universally recommendable. It is just so interesting and so so applicable to every mm. single person. And yeah. yeah, I think I will probably revisit it throughout my life too, with some more and more experiences I have with, you know, mortality in my own mm. life. It it kind of makes me want to get like a living will together just in case. Yeah. <laughs> just in case, just in case so they know what to me. do with me. <laughs> <laughs> I have like nothing to give, but <laughs> maybe I'll do that too. I don't know who I don't know what people would get from me if I die. <laughs> No, but I want one of those too. That it's like if I'm if I'm like brain dead, you can just you can just harvest the organs. And yeah, I out, yeah. You know? do you not need to keep me around for that. Yeah, totally. I feel I have to ask. What do you now in your life think you would like to happen to your body after you die? I've always been like donate my organs or like whatever can be donated, and then just like cremate the rest. And what I do you want that. to happen to the ashes too? Mm, I don't care. Whoever's <laughs> <laughs> around can do whatever they want with those. <laughs> I okay. would, I would do the the, the cremation burial thing because nice. my family has a nice cemetery in Mexico. Oh, cool! And uh, and the last time, it was kind of funny when my uncle died. They were all trying kind of uh, calling dibs on spots. <laughs> My, my parents and my family and stuff. <laughs> that's funny. God, that's horrible, but that's <laughs> I don't think it's horrible. I think it's just something that, and that's what I'm like going, oh, I think this book is so good because it's stuff that we need to like, and why I'm glad that it's so funny and like lighthearted because I, I really got it in, in line with the sense of humor because I think that's something yeah. that we all need to kind of think about and be able to joke about a little bit. I think it's important to not be too self-serious about that sort of stuff. I agree. Aubrey, what are you going to rate this book? I, I'm going to give it a four out of five. Nice. I don't know. It wasn't, it wasn't like five out of five moved me. I was not the same, but it was still readable. It was interesting. I learned a lot. Nice. And I think it also made me like think back on what I just did, like with Evan. And I was like, it's horrible, but it's funny. Like, no, that's just kind of funny. That's not yeah. horrible. That's just yeah. kind of funny. But like, because it's death, I feel like I have to be like, that's so sad. It's yeah. Like a program like, it's just to funny. It. Yeah. It's totally. It's like calling shotgun, but on the hearse or something, you know? <laughs> yeah. There, there you go. Um, and no, and I, and I, that's why I'm hesitant to go to five out of five because this isn't something that like, it didn't invade my thoughts when I wasn't reading it. Like some books have, 
Mm. Um, it was like always, I was always looking forward to reading the next chapter and like I pondered on it as I was reading, but it wasn't, it, it didn't like distract me. So mm. that's why I don't know if it's quite a five out of five, like I don't know what to read it. So. Mm-hmm. I was definitely contemplating it yeah. outside of like active reading hours and I was telling everybody about it and like, like, <laughs> yeah. I was like, well, you Listen to this. Yeah, and I mean that's a good point because I have done. I did like I mentioned this book a couple times since I started reading it to people. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't know where to put it. It's a, I'll I, even though I'm not I'm trying not to do it. I'll give it a four point five. Okay, because this um, one really merits it to me. Nice. It also made me start researching like alternative to like boxes or caskets. Like she was talking about the mushroom soup that like eats you. I actually, yeah, I would love that. Was pretty cool. But then there's also the tree pods. I'm sure you guys have seen these, but you like you make a tree. Mm -hmm. I think I would like to do that because at least I'm useful, right? Yeah. Or there was another one where you can send like the ashes and they will do something and it makes like a diamond and you can, you can have that. Ooh, that's cool. I worry about what happens to the diamond afterwards. You know, like what if it, you would have to give it to the right person. What if your descendants kill over getting the diamond? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like what if they just toss it to like a thrift shop or something, you know? Um, and then it's like you're just a sad little ring in a thrift shop and you're supposed to be this meaningful thing. No, but see, like if it's a tree, I don't think you need to worry about that if you're dying. You just got to hope <laughs> that, that your descendants, you know, don't mess it up. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it's a fair point. Or, you know, or like, do you just want to be like kept around like in an urn? Like, do, you know. have some people do that with pets. Like they just um, keep yeah. the urn. With pets? People, people do that with pets right? yeah but like with, with pets specifically too. okay i was gonna say <laughs> <laughs> my uncle made this joke once that uh that he at his funeral that he wants them to like break his bones and connect him to like strings and have them dance like a marionette <laughs> <laughs> and that that image just is hilarious <laughs> that's funny i feel like it'd be really like funny if it was like it, you had like a proper casket and at some point during the service it just creaks open and he just busts out but it's just <laughs> yeah that would be cool stuff like that we need to put 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 the fun in funeral <laughs> <laughs> or or the other one it's where you can have your ashes like shot out of a cannon that was pretty fun to space yeah. and uh just, i don't know if they that would be crazy space. But then what if you end up in like the debris ring that surrounds us? That'd be cool. Yeah, that'd be awesome. (laughs) That might be my answer, actually. If they don't, if I if I can't get buried, send me to space. (laughs) By the time I die, I have enough money to be sent to space. I think I would want to do that. That'd be so cool. (laughs) I'd watch over, you know. Yeah. I don't know. All right, we need to wrap things up. Um, yeah. So, any like any like final thoughts on this on this book? I think that's about it. Five out of five. Thank Loved you, it. Caitlin. Highly recommend. Yep. Good. Very and it, readable, even if you have a recent experience with death, mm-hmm. because sometimes some books are not good for that. But this one, this one's. Fun. Mm. Thank you, Caitlin. We're proud of you. You're doing. Great. <laughs>
that's my rating. <laughs> <laughs> uh, cool. So that is that. Next week will be our March wrap up. The first wrap up of 2022 that will actually be on time in the week wow. that it should be. Good for us. Um, <laughs> so Back on track. That'll be cool. That'll I'm be excited cool. for that. And as well as a, a little Oscars wrap up review. Mm-hmm. I wonder who all has won while we've been recording. I know. I can't wait to see. Um, cool. Yeah. So that'll be next week. That means all there is left to do for this week is to recommend an album. Who wants to go first? Addy? <laughs> you always go first. Thanks, <laughs> I'm going to recommend an album called Man Made by Green Tea Peng, who is a new artist to me. And I really, really into her music right now and I kind of didn't really know how to describe it so I looked up like what the genre would be before this and she refers to it as psychedelic R&B which I like and agree with it's very it is that and it's I the lyrics are very spiritual and kind of about like connecting to the earth and and how humanity is one collective consciousness and it's very fun to listen to it's good music and it's also compelling lyrics Highly recommend. I really like her right now. Awesome. Aubrey, do you got an album? I sure do. I have um, good news for people who love bad news by mm. Modest Mouse. I love that album. 2004. It's great. It's 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 good. It's good. It's just a it's a bop. It's a bop. Every single one of those songs. A timeless classic. In- we both have history with that album. Kind of. We do. I feel like we've talked about that on here before. Basically, my sister stole a CD from Addie. (laughs) That that CD. That album, yeah. It was in her car for years. And eventually it was returned to Addie. Yep. Right? Like, when was it? How long was it gone for? Years. Years Years of my life. (laughs) (laughs) By the time she gave it back to me, I no longer really kept CDs or had a CD player. (laughs) Classic. Okay. Well, <laughs> seems I've stumbled into yeah. a bit of a yeah. here. This is a sensitive subject for us. <laughs> but yeah, that album is definitely an all-time a classic. Yeah, so good. My new my album is maybe an instant classic. It's Denzel Curry's new album, Melt My Eyes, See Your Future. Yee. Denzel Curry, I love Denzel Curry. He's maybe my right now, he's probably my favorite because recency stuff, but all the singles to this album were really good. I was so excited for it. And then I wasn't like aware of it coming out. Uh, it came out last week, last week, last Friday, I think. And then mm-hmm. it, it was just out and I was like, man. And then I was, I spent the day listening to, listening to it a, a few times. And it's so good. You got to check it out. <laughs> That's awesome. Melt I love this. See your future. Yeah. And I also have an honorable mention in, in EP uh, that black midi did of covers uh, including there's only three of them. And one of the songs I wasn't familiar with before, but in the same, in the same three song EP, they cover Taylor Swift and King Crimson. I think that's all you need to know. <laughs> Check that one out. Uh, I love black midi too. And, uh, yeah, it's just, they're just, I don't know. It's hilarious. But, uh, Thanks. yeah, cool. That's what we got. That's our, the, thus concludes our, our music corner of the show. And also this concludes our 104th episode. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. Um, Tell us what you thought if you read this book. And if you didn't read this book yet, check it out. 
Mm-hmm. It's a it's a quick read. It's really good. Yeah, it really gets you thinking. It's universally recommendable for the most part. Um, and yeah, Sweet. follow Thanks us on in the Instagram and contribute to our mailbag segments. Let us know what you're thinking about the podcast. You can ask us anything. Tell us whatever. We'll uh, we'll uh, respond to it. It, it means a lot. So uh, mm-hmm. yeah. Thanks, everyone. Goodbye. Thank you. Thanks so for much. listening. Bye now.